When we talk about identity, in particular, I look at something called sociocultural identity. So like we function in you know, our families and society and, and communities. And it's like we take in all these messages and we really hold them to be as truths. And so how do we make sure that we're aware of what we're holding to be truths to make sure that we're, you know, that we're using that in the best way possible for change? On this episode of the Creator Community, we'll meet Victoria Sharoma Wilson a multicultural leadership development coach that has learned to embrace her own identity and guide others to do the same with positive outcomes. We'll hear how through writing a manifesto after leaving a terrible job, Victoria found herself beginning her journey inward to discovering her identity and how it was impacting decisions she was making for her life every day. We'll learn how through this journey, Victoria discovered a better way to deal with uncertainty and leverage your identity to build positive change and bridges rather than burn them. We'll follow Victoria's journey of helping many leaders go through a slingshot quest that takes people through deep discovery, clearly defining success, creating beneficial changes in their lives, and win-wins for all parties involved. And we'll see how all this led to Victoria publishing her new book, Exceptional Futures, The Power of Identity to Design Positive Change. Check out the show. Welcome to the Creator Community. This is a podcast or book publisher, New Degree Press or NDP. I'm your host, John Saunders. This show is designed to celebrate, elevate, and showcase many of the incredible authors that have published their books with NDP, part of Manuscripts, Inc. This year, NDP will cross over 1,500 published authors from six continents and earn the 293rd spot on the Inc. 5000 list. This is the fastest growing privately held companies in America. If you've ever thought of writing a book, but weren't sure where to start or how to finish, visit creator.institute to learn more. The other half of Manuscript Inc., where you're taught how to put your book together and are coached through the entire process. This is episode 11 of season five. And today I have with me, Victoria Sharma Wilson. She's the author of the new book, Exceptional Futures, The Power of Identity to Design Positive Change. Victoria is passionate about empowering others to, to design sustainable strategies towards transformation that are in alignment with their values, cultural identities, and unique dreams. Growing up biracial adds dimension and lived authority to her understanding of societal dynamics and the importance of understanding how one's unique voice can be a competitive advantage in today's interconnected world. To feed her insatiable curiosity, Victoria earned her doctorate from the University of Southern California. She serves as an executive coach for socially conscious leaders and designs courses on identity, cultural, career, and leadership. Victoria, great to see you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. You know, we're going to learn a lot about your book today, and I'm super excited about that. But before we go there, we'd love for our listeners to learn a bit more about your career journey and how your work led you to this book. Oh, my goodness. There is one moment that I want to be able to share with you here. So... It was it really this journey began with a manifesto. It was at the Salt Lake City Olympics. And I remember working in this really terrible gig for an international broadcast organization. I'm sure that everybody who's watching this episode has had, probably had one terrible gig in their career. And I remember there was one day that I just pretty much had had enough. And I remember making a beeline for a big box bookstore and purchasing a journal and sitting down and just scribbling down like what I imagined to be what and what started out as my professional manifesto. And all it was smooth sailing until I got to the point where I asked myself the question, like, what were the decisions that got me here? Like, why did I decide to follow this particular trajectory? 
And slowing down that process and really thinking through what was important to me, I realized that there were a lot of things that had messages and rules and norms that I kind of internalized along the way, right? And that realization actually brought me to this catalytic moment where it really just changed the course of not only my career, but my life. So I went back to graduate school, you know, studied the whole notion of culture, identity, and especially its impact on the decisions that we make in change. And we, I decided that it, this was a really important topic to be able to share with the, the community around me, the, with the world around me. And that's what really compelled me to write this book. Hit a, a low point in your career working at this Olympic project and had to find a better way out. And what better way to sort of sort through things and process them than to write about it. And so really brilliant that you went out and took that approach. As so many learn as they write their own book, that they have a similar experience about not only learning and understanding more about what they do, but how to do it better and maybe even help more people and more quickly with it. That's awesome. So how did you find your way to the coaching program? And more importantly, how did you fit it into your life? You're a busy entrepreneur. Oh my goodness. So the process actually took seven years and three days. And I just remember as I was working as a coach, there's a similar theme that came up with (laughs) that, like a lot of my clients, like it wasn't a matter of just looking at the behavior, right? Saying just change your mindset. And then all of a sudden everything's going to fall into place. A lot of the folks that I was working with were really sorting through issues around, you know, their, you know, their culture, their tradition, like to say, Hey, you have to make this change means that you'd have to give a piece of yourself that was really fundamentally important to them. And so one of the, re- so it, but the thing was, I'm seeing this as a theme and I was like resistant to write about it. And, and to the point where it just physically started impacting me, I was just feeling this tightness in my chest all the time. And one day I was on LinkedIn, probably about a year ago. And I remember looking at a post that a, you know, as somebody with, who was in the program had r- written about how they went through the program and how they had such a positive experience. And in those three minutes, I knew that that's pretty much the program for me. I mean, the fact that there was, it was a community-based writing program, the fact that there was this editorial support and the fact that, you know, there, we could, we could actually write in community with others was something that just really appealed to me. And I thought I'm sold. I, I really need to do this. Social, a social media post is what you found. And I love these, another sort of catalytic moment for you yes. that really set you off, but it was through lean, learning, researching, and sort of looking for, looking for answers out there. And you found them. What a fascinating story and, and how you found your way in. And by the way, for people listening out there, Victoria's journey was about six years longer than it normally is. It takes about a year to write a book from beginning to end once you enter the program. We call what Victoria was doing prior to that writing. This program creates authors, right? There's a difference. Authors have published products, but you can also write for many years. I remember when I wrote my book, I had so many old friends reach out to me. John, how did you get a book done? I've been writing a book for three years, five years, 10 years, and I can't get past chapter three, right? But those guidelines, the accountability, the the partnership you have with your editors, so, so important. Before we dive into your book, right? They always say, don't judge a book by its cover, but I'm going to go ahead and do that with yours. I love your cover. It looks great. It gets you to think about the future. What was that cover design process like for you? Thank you so much. I would say I probably had the most patient cover designer on the planet. And I, I think one of the things that really works well about this program is the fact that everything's done in partnership. I was I was in partnership with my editor and then also partnership with my cover designer. So we came up with initially with a minimum viable product, and then we used that to come up with three different types of cover, you know, sample designs. 
I sent that out to my community of supporters, all right, and ended up getting some feedback. And little by little, it was just this iterative process. I think we went back 20 or 30 times just you know, tweaking this, adding that, and really what the cover essentially represents this, like this, the change, the motion that we're all going through in life. And one of the things I actually say is that like, it, you know, is it perfect? Nothing's ever going to be perfect, but it was perfect enough. And I want people to be able to see it on the shelf and really be drawn to it. What is that line? Done is better than perfect, I think. Something <laughs> like that. And certainly it's done and it's going to be out here in just any day now, so the fall of 2022, wherever you buy books online. That's amazing. And I, I, I love this patience. I know, I think my cover went through 15 or so iterations as I built it and kind of figured out what really worked for me and what I liked and what my audience liked. And part of this journey is having a pre-sale and then having those early supporters offer feedback on your different chapters on the cover. So love love how you embrace the, the journey here and use the MVP analogy from, of course, Lean Startup. Thank you for that. So Victoria, Exceptional Futures. What, what is this book about? At a very high level, when we talk about exceptional futures, you have the potential to design your exceptional future, right? Anybody does, right? And so we talk a little bit about like, how do you leverage that whole notion of identity and the power of your identity in order to design positive change, not only in your life, but in the world around you. And so, you know, identity is really a fundamentally important thing is in that when we talk about identity, in particular, I look at something called sociocultural identity. So like we function in you know, our families and society and, and communities. And it's like we take in all these messages and we really hold them to be as truths. And so how do we make sure that we're aware of what we're holding to be truths to make sure that we're, you know, that we're using that in the best way possible for change? And so that's one of the ways we outline this, you know, in this book. I create this framework called a slingshot quest and which walks you through the various elements. And so if you think about a slingshot, right, you think about all that power that's harnessed in, you know, when you're pulling back on the elastic and that has the potential to propel you forward and to allow you to soar. And so if you follow the framework, you can soar. Wow. And where did you find the slingshot analogy? I love that one. You know, it's really interesting. This was another one of the wonderful moments of going through this program. I was actually in a consultation call with Professor Custer, and he mentioned that, you know, he's like, huh, that's really interesting that you're talking about this whole notion of a slingshot. And then, in you know, in terms of a quest for change, he's like, sounds like a really interesting combination of the two. And so it's just, there was this light bulb that went off. So it's just that, that brainstorming you know, opportunity that you can have as part of the program was what really led me to this concept. That is such a brilliant story, Professor Custer, of course, the founder of Manuscripts Inc., right? And this was on one of your early calls on sort of what the book is about and what's the big idea that you're focused on. And you came up with that analogy. I love that story. So, you know, there's a big focus on the power of identity. Clearly, you've got a, a lot of passion around this. You know, I think we all have our sort of own thinking about identity, and we're hearing that word a lot more in the media these days. How do you define identity in your book, Victoria? Yeah, so at the, I think I mentioned this. I, slight, I touched upon this a couple of minutes ago, and really, it's just how we function in the world around us. It's the lens in which we take in information and view the world and form opinions about the world around us, right? And it's really important, primarily because we are decision-making machines, right? We make upwards of thirty-five thousand decisions a day. And, you know, and some of them are big decisions, some of them are little decisions, but most of it's done unconsciously. And so understanding like how are the narrative in our mind, the lens of our identities contributing to those decisions is what's really fundamentally important. And especially if you want to make any change in your life. 
35,000 decisions a day. I've never heard that statistic before. That is astounding. How do you even start to break that down and think about that? Gosh, that's almost like an overwhelming number. I guess you said some decisions are big, some are breathing, right? This kind of thing or stepping over this or that, but how do you even start to prioritize those? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, and that's the thing. I think if we if we try to prioritize them, we would be paralyzed in, in a sense, right? But there are going to be some fundamental decisions that you need to make in your life, right? How do you react to a certain, you know, and, and it's actually comes, I saw this coming out a lot in leadership, right? So when I had clients who would react to a situation, they're like, I'm not even sure how, why I even did that, right? We So part of the process is breaking that down and understanding like, okay, so what were some of the reasons why that, you know, what were the, some of the narratives and the reasons that contributed to that reaction. And so we want to make sure that we're we're unconsciously rather than unconsciously reacting to something, we know how to respond to it consciously. And so and that just is a iterative process that sometimes there's a little bit of trial and error, but it's kind of reworking what we know to be true in incorporating new truths into our life. And this truth being around your identity and truly understanding who you are and not letting all of these other external sources, which so oftentimes is the case, we can sort of allow to shape our identity. And yes. you're saying, step through that, find your own path, your own journey, and, and find a way to be comfortable with it. Is, am I hearing you correctly? Absolutely. Now, one thing I'll add to that is that I think many of us come from you know rich traditions and cultural backgrounds and everything like that. And if you think about what I would say traditional you know, in the mindset around coaching is basically like if they feel that it's a behavioral intervention, right? So it's like, if you, you know, if you just shift the behavior, you're going to shift your mind. But some of us are reluctant to give that up because we do come from traditions in which there's a reason that tradition exists, right? And so one of the great things about, you know, just some of the questions that are asked in this book is like, how do you make sure that you're still honoring the tradition and, you know, really maintaining who you are? you know, in addition to some of the changes that you want, like, how do you do that in concert rather than having to challenge some of the, some of the notions that you, you grew up, you know, thinking is true. So not as you, I think you alluded to this earlier, not giving up who you are to, to, to sort of live in this new identity, but maybe blending your old cultures with your, your current identity, your current values and what's your, your goals. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. One of the things that's one of the big myths, myths about identity and culture is that they feel that it's static. Like once you're an adult, it's already fixed, right? But culture and identity always continues to evolve. We, we meet new people, we learn new things, we have new experiences, and that all contributes and to, an, I would say, a greater understanding of ourselves. And so that's really important to be able to be conscious about that as we go along life. Wow. And, and- so I'm sensing a lot of things around just the, the really the power of identity and, and how we see ourselves and, and, and shape, let the, allow that to shape us or allow us to shape it, I suppose is what you're, I think what I'm hearing you argue. So what is the power of that? Or why is that important to really get a deep understanding of your identity? Yeah. And the thing is, it, you know, I would say it's fundamentally important just because of, just because if you want to move forward, if you want to be able to feel like you can make, make that change, a lot of that really sometimes comes through a lot of resistance that builds up within ourselves because we're not, you know, it's something that's uncertain. Like we're in a world with filled with uncertainty, right? We're coming in contact with all sorts of new things and uncertain things and new people on a regular basis. And part of functioning in this like interconnected world nowadays is to be able to kind of very mindfully understand like how do I make sure that I'm approaching this in the way that's like building bridges rather than burning them at this at this point. Building bridges rather than burning them as it comes to understanding your identity. I love that. 
in all the coaching work that you've done, where have you seen a, a, a pretty powerful transformation? Any examples you could share on, on a powerful transformation you saw where someone you helped someone identify, yeah. better understand their identity? Yes, absolutely. One of my favorite stories, in fact, my favorite clients, I opened the book with a story about Randy. And Randy is somebody who, when we started working together, there were so many of the anchors in his life that were just coming to an end. Like, so his job was being eliminated, a long-term relationship was coming to an end, and he had sold his house that he had lived in for a number of years. So everything that like anchors him into one sense of identity, place, time, community, they were all coming to an end. Right. And so what we did was we actually slowed down the process because at first he was like, I just need to go find another job. I need to go do this. And, you know, and, and I said, well, let's slow this down. Let's, let's, and so what we did was we designed a quest together. And so from that, he kind of like ran these little mini experiments. He tried out new locations. He, you know, did a lot of exploring and over the course of a year, and I'm so excited about like what, what where he ended up, like he ended up in a new city and really being in, integrated into the community. He found a new professional passion and then he also found new love. So it was just this, you know, new place, new love, <laughs> and new purpose. So he was, you know, and it was just a, it was a wonderful transformation for him. Wow. Talk about the trifecta for making transformation work. And now he's off and running. It sounds like enjoying life very much because he mm-hmm. took the moment to slow down, to think through these things, to help better understand his identity and find what truly brought meaning and value to him is I think what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Uh, that's fantastic. So you talk a lot about positive change. You know, in the, in the book, you try to define that. So help our listeners understand how you might define positive change. Yeah. So, and I know that it's, it's a word, it's a phrase that I'm throwing around quite a bit, right? So positive change, the way I define it is it's actions that result in beneficial outcomes, right? Now the word, everything hinges around the word beneficial. And this is where identity comes in because we all have different definitions of what beneficial could mean. You know, we all have different definitions that are all formed by the culture around us, our identity and, you know, the lens in which we view everything to say like, well, what is considered good? What's considered a benefit, right? And so we help to give give you that clarity in the book to to just say what might be beneficial for one person might be different for another person. So just being able to be aware of that is important. Wow. So defining not just positive change, but beneficial change. And then who is winning? Is that a fair statement? Yeah. And the, well, I, I and the, that's the funny thing. It's like when you use the word winning, right? Some people think of it as like a zero sum game, like it's a winning or a losing, but then, you know, I always, my personal philosophy in life is that actually you can actually, there could be a win-win situation if we play your cards right. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. It's certainly something I've always sought out in life. And some of the best career things that have ever happened to me have been helping to bring a win-win-win to the table. So what's your favorite example of helping someone understand a beneficial change for themselves? Let me just rephrase that a little bit and say maybe how I would work with somebody that it would be along the lines of just really helping, you know, so when somebody says, I need, you know, I need to win, like, or I need, I, you know, I need something that's good for me. Right. And I, then that's when I get a little bit existential and philosophical, like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be good? What does it mean to win? What does it mean to, and so based on what comes out of that, is like then there's this rich source of information that that can really help kind of define the direction that they really want to go. And so for some folks, they realize that sometimes the whole notion of success, right, is sometimes it's materialistic, right? Saying, okay, I, I you know I want to show that I'm successful because I can buy that house and the car and everything like that. 
Other folks are just like, no, success means, you know, investing in my relationships and being, you know, content with family and, and things along those lines. But the, until you surface that and really understand what it means to be successful, it's you're you're always going to have somebody else's definition to kind of define you. Defining success to figure out what is a beneficial win for you and, and those around you and taking the time and going through a process of understanding how to get there. I think so, so important. And I love that you take people through that process to help them see that deeper understanding. Because so many times we can either look at things, as you said, in a zero-sum game, and then it it, it can distort our views, right? And, and if if I'm losing, that person's winning, and now I need to find a better way out, as opposed to let's open up the lens here and see what really works for everybody. I really appreciate that that mindset. So we've touched on this slingshot quest a couple of times. Let's go deeper into that. You know, what, what is this slingshot quest you're talking about and what else should our listeners know about it? Yeah, I would say a slingshot quest is really, I would say it, it's, it's one of the easiest life-changing events that you can go through. Right. I think a lot of people, when they, when they think about change, they're thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to like get, get prepared and everything like that. And I, all I have to say is that all you need is a guiding question. Is there a question that's been, that you've been mulling over in life? Right. And so there's various elements that through this quest that you can use, you know, in independently, independently or in combination with one another to kind of that build upon what you're going to be discovering. And then how do you use that information, iter, you know, and iterate into what, you know, what your future discoveries could be. Right. So it's not a very, it's not a linear process. It's actually an iterative process that you can work through. And each chapter is organized in with, with each of the elements. So you, it starts out with a story, a lesson, and then a number of reflective exercises that you can use to design your own quest. That is so interesting. And so, right. There's no one way to do it. There's some latitude here. And it's to really help people think more deeply about this one key question that's sort of eating away at them inside and probably. I would find to bet money on probably creating some limiting beliefs for themselves that are blocking them from doing what they want to do. That is awesome. When you think about this book, and I know I know you have a big goal here to really go out and inspire a lot of people. What you know, what would you tell people about this book and, and how it's going to inspire them? What's your favorite story there? So I think at the very fundamental level, I want to say that you have the potential to design your exceptional future. Right. You have that, you know, and you can, you know, using this as a framework, you have the possibility to ensure that you soar. Right. Just follow the framework, follow the follow the steps and you'll be able to find something that really resonates deeply with you. So, so important to find that connection with yourself. Right. So many times mm -hmm. these outside influences can impact us far more than we think. And this is a path to find that way in and discover your true path forward. Right. That is beautiful. So you've talked a lot about helping your clients reflect and learn more about themselves throughout this journey, this process that you take them through, Victoria. You know, what do you think a lot of people learn about themselves as they go through writing journey, right? First six years, just sort of trying to figure it out. And then the last year through this more structured process, what do you think you learned about yourself along the way through this writing journey? Oh my goodness. I think it really, I, I was able to confront a lot of my assumptions, right? I really did believe and again, I held this really strong belief about like the writing journey was something that you had to suffer in silence, 
And, and I felt, I mean, I really had pictured it in my mind. I had to be in a windowless room with like very dim lighting and like, you know, just hunched over my laptop. <laughs> and, and I realized that that wasn't the case at all. Writing in community and, in, you know, and, and being able to collaborate with others was something that was just so fundamentally different. And I learned that I enjoy writing. The process of writing was something that brought me a lot of energy and I hope to continue to do it again. The journey got you to challenge a lot of your own assumptions. Did I hear that right? It did. Yes. I learned a lot about myself well, <laughs> through this process. What, what, which, which assumption did stuck out to you the most that you were thinking, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I thought this way? Well, I think there were a lot of assumptions. Well, one of them was that you had to suffer, right? And then the other assumption was that nobody really cared. Nobody really wanted to hear what I had to say. And it was really interesting to be working with the, the, the support of the editors and, and when they could validate what I had to say and say, no, no, there is something there. Right. But you just need to maybe expand upon it a little bit more. And they really try to draw out the best message that I could possibly deliver and something that I could really be proud of. And I'm really excited about that. That is so interesting that, that you didn't think people wanted to hear your story. Right. Is that this little imposter syndrome? Is that what I'm hearing there? Yes. Oh, the, definitely a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of fear. Like, I mean, just felt, you know, to write a book is to be incredibly vulnerable. Right. Is because you're putting a bit of piece of yourself out there. And I didn't know if people really wanted to hear that. So that was that was really important. And I just remember at one point I was talking to my developmental editor and I'm like, I just want to make sure that this is not a vanity project. I just that's the one really important thing. And he's like, this is not a vanity project. Don't worry. You're, <laughs> you're helping others <laughs> through this. So so he was so it was just those things that like all these like limiting beliefs that you start like accumulating in the back of your mind. And that's one, one of the, be you know, the beautiful things about working with a developmental editor and is that they can kind of help you get past that. One of, what would you say was the hardest thing about writing the book for you? Oh, it still is actually the marketing <laughs> is the hardest part right now because it, it all feeds back into what, you know, what I just said earlier, just making sure I'm putting myself out there. So I feel like I have a fair amount of confidence and I'm just, you know, inching along and even just getting onto the, just talk, having this conversation with you today was something that I had to like really challenge myself to do, you know? And so I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm going to cringe when I actually look at the playback, but, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm glad I'm doing it. <laughs> it's a never ending journey of putting yourself out there in this creation mode and the the challenge with published books is they're extremely permanent, aren't they? Once it, once it's published, it's out there and people can say whatever they want and write reviews on Amazon, right? Good or bad. Yeah. I was interviewed a couple of months ago to talk about my book. And I was asked that same question. What was the hardest part about writing your book? And my response was deciding when it was done. Because of course you can edit a book to eternity, right? And we talked earlier about done is better than perfect. And uh, I remember hitting send on that last time when they said, all right, once you hit send here, that's it. This is your book and you can't change it anymore. And boy, I bet I took 20, 30 minutes to hit send that day and kept leaving my office coming back. But it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Well, sounds like a lot of great positives have come out of this journey for you, Victoria. Anything surprise you along the way that was on the on the upside? You know, it's it's a good that's a great question. I think that came I I was able to answer that before. It's just like what surprised me was just how how positive the experience had been, right? And even as I was sold, I really wanted to, I, I felt like really committed to this process. I was just like, all right, when's the other shoe going to drop? When is it going to become really difficult for me? <laughs> and it, it really wasn't. It, I felt like I had something to say. I wanted to be able to say it. I had seven years of pent up ideas in, the, in my mind that needed to get it down on paper. And, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to do that. 
it wasn't quite as hard as you thought. I, I love that. And, and you made your way through it. And I suppose after seven years, 12 months sounded pretty easy as amount of time to get a book from start to finish. Really appreciate that thinking. So uh, exceptional futures, Victoria, what's the key message you want to get out there to our readers and your readers and listeners out there? Yeah. I mean, really at a high level, it really is. You can leverage your identity to design positive change. Everybody has an identity. Some people are in touch with it and even fewer people are are able to understand how to leverage that the power there. And so you know, if you if you just follow the framework, you can soar. That's my message. <laughs> that is beautiful. So you've got this book out, you've got this great coaching practice going. What's next for you? What are some of your big goals after the book comes out here this fall? Yeah, no, it's it's thank you for asking. It's I I found that I've been, I've loved the coaching element of it, but I also felt like I started wanting, I wanted to start incorporating other elements into my life. So the coaching is going to be one thing The I want to create and I want to teach, right? So I feel like, you know, work, working with all those, all three of those in concert is going to be important. I've started designing courses and I'm actually, you know, doing some lecturing. And so I'm, I'm pretty happy about the, just the balance that I'm able to find and want to continue. In, in throughout my life. That is, I love that you're thinking about this concept of balance, right? So many times we just do all of these things and maybe don't necessarily get too far in life. And, right. and I love that you're thinking about that because right, if we don't name something or call it out as much so much of your work shows people, it can hide and continue to be a problem for us. Well, right. it sounds like an incredible story you've put here together. And I'm not the only one who finds it fascinating. We got this great quote, or you got this great quote for your book I want to share with our listeners. Uh, from Leslie Corbin, PhD, chartered psychologist, strategic advisor, and executive coach. Victoria Sharma Wilson captivates her audience's attention with vibrant stories and inspiring case studies, substantiated by extensive research and practical, informative exercises. A complex and thought-provoking subject is made accessible through her engaging style, uncomplicated use of language, and depth of knowledge about her subject. Brace yourself. Once you delve into her book, you won't want to stop reading. That's pretty awesome. How did the feel getting that quote from Leslie? Oh my goodness. I mean, it's just as you're reading it, I was getting goosebumps. I'm like, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm excited. I, I want to be able to help others through this book. So powerful. And I love how Ms. Corbin captured your thoughts so brilliantly there. So Victoria, people want to learn more about you and your book. Where, where might they go? Well, anywhere you get your books and, but you can go to exceptionalfutures.com for more information. Outstanding. Exceptional Futures will be available this fall, 2022, wherever you buy books online. And so excited for this opportunity set for you. And what's what's next for you, Victoria? Great to see you. And thank you so much for being on the creator community today and sharing your story. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to the creator community channel on your favorite podcast platform. If you enjoyed the episode, please share a review for Victoria and I and leave us your thoughts. And if you're ready to write your book, visit creator.institute to learn more about the cohort starting this fall. I'm your host of the creator community, John Saunders. Keep creating.